You're listening to Serious Business with Andy Audate. Serious talk on business, marketing, and finance to win in this new economy. In this podcast, every single day, Andy Audate reveals cutting-edge strategies, technologies, techniques, and solutions to exponentially grow your business in the new economy. Today, our guest is Andy Audate. He is a published author, the millennial motivational speaker, and he's also a serial entrepreneur. He's been featured on a lot of different shows. He rocks the stage, and he takes this touring speaking event around the country and that's how he's really grown his influence and audience. But he's widely recognized as an eminent speaker with a delivery that is high energy and human potential stimulating. Good guy. I've seen him online. He's always out there making an impact, trying to help people. Andy, welcome to 365 Driven Podcast. Man, Mr. Tony, thank you so much for having me on your show, man. Are we doing, we doing video and audio, right? Absolutely, man. We always do video and just get the people out there because you know what? Some people just like to hang out on YouTube and watch things and some people prefer to listen. I know I've seen you working out at the gym too. So I listen to podcasts at the gym or when I'm driving. That's when I really get my pod time. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. You know, I wake up at at three. So I've been up up since 3 a.m. this morning and, uh, you know, on my way home from the gym, even though I have a gym in my my apartment complex, but Mm -hmm. on my way home from the gym, I definitely want to listen to either audiobooks or podcasts to get my mind right for the day. Cool, man. For the listeners that may not know who you are or what you've done or how you're accomplishing things, let's give some context. Like, what, how, are, how old are you right now? I mean, my age is, is, is typically brought up in the room. I just had a call last night with a, a potential client that I'm working with, mm-hmm. and uh, she, she asked me for the demographic in the seminars that, that's mm. in my room. And I said, typically, I just want you to know I'm the youngest person in the, in the room yeah. of the events that I'm hosting. I'm the youngest person on stage. I'm the youngest person in the audience, typically. But I'm 24 years old, Tony. Awesome, dude, because you're out there making a lot of waves and, and really starting to help a lot of people. So it's, it's cool to see younger guys like yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm 47, to give you relative in context, too. So seeing people out there early putting themselves out there and sharing their message and trying to make an impact. Because there's so many people like you're a millennial motivator I mean, let's, let's face it, the millennials get a bad rap, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and, and I want to make a complete shift in when, when you think about millennials, and I, and I, and I want to do it fast because I have a mentor that mm-hmm. says, Andy, what you have right now is your age. So I can't fuck around. I got all, if all I have is my age, you know, to say, hey, I, I accomplished this before 30 because after 30, it's, it's going to be a, you know, what, what, what I'm doing is not going to be as a, as um what do you call it as impressive if Mm -hmm. i'm doing after 30 oh you're okay you made a million you know you're a million you're a millionaire at 30 congratulations you know how many millionaires are at 30 but yeah that you're 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 doing these type of things that i'm doing which is hosting hosting uh progression conference seminars around the country uh Mm -hmm. showing small business owners how to market their businesses and doing it under the age of 25 man to some it's impressive to others it's, it's 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 a norm so Age, age is something I have on my side right now. Yeah, I think it definitely makes you stand out a little further when you're a younger person out there that's actually actually super driven and putting yourself out there. Because let's face it, just a lot of people don't really know who they are until they're 30. And I think it does give you a little bit more value because it's a, it's a way to stand out. I mean, it, like conversely, here I am in my 40s. I'm very physically fit for my age. I had stand out in the peer of my crowd because of that. So when you see dudes in their 20s, you think they're going to be in shape for the most part. When you see dudes 40, 50, and 60 that are in good shape, it's like 
we stand out a little bit different. See, there's like this, this cool dichotomy, like this age things, right? How can I do these things to stand out? How can I live by a different example? How do I not just conform to the age group that I'm typically, you know, put into in a box, right? Right, right. And that's, that's, that brings me to, you know, you, you essentially talking about not being average. You know, when Man. I wrote this book over here, No More Average, I, I was 20, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and essentially, in this book, is talking about being, being out of the norm in your area and changing your environment. So even you, Tony, you know, talking about your health and your fitness mm-hmm. in your immediate circle, it's like, damn, but Tony, look how Tony looks like, man. Why don't I fucking look like that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool stuff, man. So I want the listeners to know a little bit about you. I know you had a a pretty challenging childhood and things like that, but I want to hear it from your perspective because I know that's something you like to share. Honestly, it's very interesting, man. Um, I, I, for a long time, I didn't share about my past for a long time. And it wasn't until recently where there was this one podcast that I did. And I can tell that the podcast hosts come from a, a similar background that I had. Mm-hmm. And he he was like he was like it's okay to share. And in this podcast, like I'm starting to like my I'm starting to shake in my hands a little bit. Mm-hmm. And my eyes get a little bit watery um, because I'm because I'm going back into a time in my brain that I mean I guess I, I just had to survive. Um, and and I wouldn't say like you know I was I was shooting people every day or 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 people you know I it wasn't that bad but. To the human, to the human mind, it was it was a challenging environment to grow up in. And the thing is, you don't know what you don't know, because when I talk to people back back from home, it's as if they have no clue that they're in a in a they have no clue what type of environment that they're actually in. And and, and because you're raised in that environment, so like I say, if you're if you're a fish in dirty water, and you were born in this dirty water, you don't know any better. Yeah, but when I moved to California and I saw the, the, the difference in the type of environment that, you know, not, I didn't have to look. Now, this portions of California, that's, that's, that's bad, and I, and I get that. So I, I, I understand now that it's actually just perspective. Mm-hmm. But I know that when, when I was growing up, I had to always look over my shoulders. And I remember when I was, I think I, think I was going into 12th grade, and my grandma made a point, made, made a point to me that um, – that my little brother, so he must have been, he must, what are you in 10th grade? You're like 14, I think, 14, 15? Yeah. yeah. My, little, my little brother was going to my grandma's car, and there was, there was a couple, like three men walking by, the three men walking by, and my brother's body language tensed up, and he was, he was not going into the car until these men walked by, like he was on guard until the men walked by. And my grandma was like, why can't you just get in the car? And but my grandma didn't understand the type of environment that we grew in and what it did to us subconsciously, because my I know my brother was just essentially just anticipating or 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 preparing himself for any attack, and that's the type of mentality that we live in. But to a, a certain standard, that's normal. Yeah, we call that normal. But once I got out of that environment, then I realized, yo, that's not that's not normal, man. That's 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 predatorial. That's protection. That's mental protection. And and you got to make a, a deliberate decision: a to stay in that, or b to get out of it. What what city was that? Uh, what city what was, was that, that you grew up in? Oh, I grew up in Pawtucket and Central Falls, Rhode Island. So okay. Central Falls is a 
So Rhode Island itself is the smallest state in the country. Mm-hmm. The city that I grew up in was one square mile, literally one mile. So it's if you want to see crabs in a bucket, that's crabs in a bucket where where there's only one or two grocery stores. You know, there's 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 I think two two yeah two gas stations, and besides that, a bunch of people living on top of each other. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. really really small. From one end of the city to the other end of the city is one mile direct. Man, that's that's a that's that's a unique perspective. I think I liked your fish in the dirty water analogy. That's something that people don't know. Man, it's it, like I traveled all over the world. It's the same way. We we definitely live in a bubble here in the United States compared to a lot of different countries and even a lot of different inner city areas here in the United States itself. And for most people, they just don't understand that because they've never experienced it. You know, they see things on TV and it's just not the same. You were immersed in that. So how did you get yourself out of that mindset and like start to think about what do I want to do with the rest of my life? I started, I started dibbling and dabbling on the internet. So the people that, you know, when I do these podcasts, I hope, I hope to reach someone who's like me when they were, like someone who's 16 years old laying down on his bed, um, living in that type of environment or even a worse environment, laying down on their bed. And they're like, yo, there has to be more. And they type in like, they type in uh, black man successful or they type in, they type in, you know, you know, positive, positive motivation. They don't even know the correct keywords, but they are starting to type in the keywords that when you post this on YouTube, that your assistant, your VA puts it, puts in on the tags, you know, you know, motivation and, and the or black entrepreneur or something like that. And then they find this and they're like, yo, it's possible. So when I watched, when I was 16, you know, 15, around that age time, I was laying down on my bed, looking up, uh, laying down on my bed with my laptop on my on my chest, like looking up like different lifestyles, looking up positivity. Cause I was like, man, this shit is terrible, man. I don't feel happy. And I'm always on guard. You know what it feels like to constantly be uncomfortable? Well, I was raised with that. So I think when I transitioned out of that and became an entrepreneur, constantly being uncomfortable was so normal to me that being a, con- a, a con- an entrepreneur with constant pressure on me was was you know, it was part of the game. Like I, I can feel it. That's, that's great perspective because I, I think of the same way as I, I was a risk taker my entire life. So I was the kid that was jumping skateboards off of huge ramps and BMX and just crazy stuff. You know, I probably should have died 20 times by now, Damn. but, but that, that kind of mentality and willingness to take risks and be a stunt man and live in that, that constant facing fear head on, that definitely has some impact on your entrepreneurial mindset and how to, just take on more risks. You lived with risks. So when there's business risks, that seems a whole lot less than like jumping off of a roof or, yeah. or you know, it's like Dude. we're getting beat up. Dude, like 50, 50 cent Curtis Jackson, uh, infamous rapper. Mm-hmm. He, he compares when, when he's doing business, a business deal, like, like for example, when he did the movie, the deal with stars, it made him a hundred, not the movie, the TV show start with stars power. It made him 100, almost $150 million. When he's in that boardroom doing this type of transaction and it's big and it's very risky, you know, his whole estate can get washed, mm-hmm. washed out. He compares that, the, the loss of what could happen to the, to the death of his mom. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, well, if I went through the death of my mom or he went through the death of his, if his mom, then why can't he go through this bullshit? So, but the upside is so high that it's worth the risk. And then you, you end up seeing after, you know, a few years, you end up seeing the upside and you're like, wow, like, 
all glory. You know, he's amazing. He, he'll worship his feet. But what he did was he took this, this amount of risk and he looked in the eyes of fear and said, look, I'm not going to be scared of, of this little thing that could harm me. And if it does, it's only going to be for a few months or a few years and then I'm going to get over it and I'm going to go back to the top. However, if I win and the, ups, the upside is so damn big, yo, this is going down in history. Dude, I love that you have that perspective at your age because I didn't start picking that up until probably around 30, 35 range. And we all tend to have that habit. We always look at what we're going to lose. Most people will hold on to something with white knuckles and just fucking hold on to something that they have and not be wanting to lose anything, but they're not willing to put that same amount of energy into going to get something new or growing or trying to expand their business or their personal brand. Like they're so worried about the losses, they don't even look at the upside, man. And that's a great perspective that everybody needs to have that. My biggest fear, man, is, you know, all right, when I open up my book, No More Average, right? Mm -hmm. And I open up to the, like right, right in the front to the introduction. It's the first word in the introduction says, imagine this, you are laying on your deathbed with your eyes glued to the ceiling. That's what it's, that's how, like, welcome to the book. You know, that's yeah. how. Yeah, like, punch, punch you right in the face. Right. Like, well, you want to you see my mindset? Imagine you're laying down in your deathbed and your eyes glued to the ceiling. Death is around the corner. It is soon to be your time. What is the conversation you have with yourself? It is based on one of the two. You realize that you live your life as the real you or you live your life as the unfulfilled you. And I had an eye-awakening or experience awakening uh, a week and a half ago for things, or two weeks ago for Thanksgiving when I went to the reason I went to the East Coast from the West Coast and, uh, during that time wasn't necessarily to go see family, but my grandfather was dying. Mm. And I went to go, to go, to go, uh, I went to go see him and you can just see that he's just laying down looking at the ceiling. Seriously, just straight up looking at the ceiling and, and he's not talking much. And I know during this time, as, as, as in the time that he is talking, he is sharing like, Hey, like, I'm just thinking about the fruits of my labor, the, what, what I did, what I have accomplished. He's the reason that my whole entire family's here. So we have, I don't know, I have six aunts, six uncles, probably a lot of people in my family. Mm -hmm. But he's the reason we're all here because him and my grandma came from, the, from Haiti and then planted their roots here. And, mm -hmm. then, and then brought my mom and then my uncles and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So now I'm in the United States going after my purpose, my dream because of the decisions that he made. Mm -hmm. You got to look at it from that perspective. Like the decisions that you make today can support other people or not. Had he not gone, came from Haiti, and it was a tremendous amount of fear, tremendous amount of energy going to a country where you don't speak the language, where you don't know anyone, and just landing here with a few dollars in your pocket because once you convert the currency, you ain't got shit. So once you, you know, so you've got a few dollars in your pocket. You don't know anybody. You don't know language, but you know that you have a vision for a life better. He does. I don't think he knew that maybe he did, but, but it would trickle into me being the first generation, the first person born in the, in the United States in the family, and then the amount of people that I support. I have, and I, I, don't, I don't say this arrogantly, but my seminars, my, my talks, these podcasts have changed people's lives for the rest of their life. Did my grandfather know that? I don't know. By his decision. So I share with you, Tony, and, and your audience, that the decisions that you make, people depend on you. That's powerful, man. It's no doubt he does know what you've been doing and, and has probably had people already informing him all the things that you're out there working on. So don't you know, rest easy on that stuff. But it is, it is important, man. Anyone that's listening to this, 
obviously with this show, we're very, you know, growth minded and always, I'm the tough love dude. That's always giving them a dose to make them think about things. But that, that thing you just shared is, is powerful. Cause if there's something in your life right now that you're not happy with, realize that your lifestyle, if you're listening to this is based on the decisions you made years ago. And the only way to change that is to make decisions today. We can't control the future, but we can control this moment. You know, you and I are on this call. We're very present in this moment. This is the only thing we have at this moment. Most people kind of always think about the past. They live in the past and they use that same narrative to really keep them from reaching their potential. Because here's the thing, Andy, I don't think a lot of people understand what their potential is. What would your perspective on that be? Look, I just did a podcast, um, uh, the, the day before yesterday, and I was a, one of the deepest podcasts. And it was a man; he's fifty. He's fifty years old, and we were we we're kind of going back and forth on 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 potential. And my my belief is that, and and, and mind you, Tony, I come from a, a youthful perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't got punched in the face as much as you have within in your your in as far as life. Mm-hmm. So. I come from an infant mindset where I'm like, hey, let's do it big and let's do it, let's do it gravy, right? Yeah. But the thing is, I have gotten smacked in the face, though. Don't, and I've gotten smacked in the face more than the average human being in their lifetime in the short period of time that I have been alive. And my, my, my thought process or my, my concept of life is that there is literally unlimited potential. And what I mean by that is that if you think about as the highest, the most successful person, and you backtrack to their, to their, to their roots, they had the same type of birth that you did. Mm-hmm. They came out of a woman. And then when they came out, they were completely ignorant. They were completely ignorant and had nothing else besides their, mind, their, their, their brain, their, fing- their fingers, their feet, and their body. Now, some people had different environments. But that leads me to show that even if you backtrack to the most successful that came from an, an, an abundant, affluent environment versus the most successful that came from a poor environment, that means that the spectrum between the type of environments are far apart, but they still both ended up in the same type of uh, successful yeah. bracket. Yeah. That means you can literally come from wherever. If you realize that you're a human being, you can come from wherever and end up hitting an umpteenth level of success. There is no, there is no determination. There is no um, a consideration besides your mindset. And I know that this may be uh, a challenging to understand for some people. So if I dumb it down for, for, for the, in layman's term, essentially is that there is nothing that is holding you back besides you. By any means, whatever it takes, get to the top. And the top is where you decide where you want it to be. Roger Bannister, you know the story about Roger Bannister. Yeah, yeah, the, the miler, yeah, the runner. The four-minute four mile. It was, un, it was unheard of that a human can run a four-minute mile. Hell no, it's not possible a, a human being can run that, that fast. And then once he broke it, hundreds of people after him broke that, that, that because they saw that it was possible. Mm-hmm. But, so my challenge to you is that in your brain, I want you to see that it's possible whatever that it is for you. So I, did a, I do a closed eyes exercise in, in my own life where I close my eyes and I see the way that my life is. Man, I saw my girlfriend, brother. Like, like this was a most, the most recently. So before, before this, so, so this was like a couple of weeks ago. Before I did this exercise uh, a couple of weeks ago, I've done it in the past. And in the past, it, it, the last time I probably did it at this deep 
was, um, it, was it must have been like 2000 and, uh, 2016. So I saw myself on stage and speaking on stages across the country. This was before I ever touched a stage, before I knew how to hold a microphone, before, <laughs> before I knew any celebrity or before I even had an Instagram account with more than 120 followers. This was, I, I laid down, I saw myself on stage. Now I'm looking at my life and I'm like, yo, on my, on my tour schedule, on my tour schedule, I'm hitting Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, uh, Philadelphia. I'm hitting like, over 32 events throughout the nation right now when we're not even in 2020, but it's for 2020. And mm -hmm. I share that with you, Tony, because you have to see it so you can achieve it. And it starts right now. Man, that's good. I like that the visualization becomes the manifesting and you get, you get what you, you focus on. But I'm curious about where do you think the, the desire to go stand on those stages came from? Where, did, was there something that inspired you as a younger kid that you saw that you said, you know what, I'd love to do that someday? Well, I, I was already doing it. I was, I was the person in, in my, my environment. See, you know, like you, you see people like Malcolm X that would huddle people up in a, in a circle in mm -hmm. that impoverished area. And they're like, they're, you know, they're, they're getting them to change their mindset, right? Yeah. Well, they started, he st those type of people started doing that 14, 15, 16, 20, 25, 30. And, but I was the person that at 14, 13, 12, I'm, people were talking about I can't. I'm like, bro, like, why can't you, man? Let me ask, like, like, if you look at it from a different, like, I'm, ta I'm telling you, I'm in sixth grade talking to people, like, what if you look at it from a different perspective? Like, or like, why can't you go after your dreams? And they'll share with me a reason. And I would just say, like, they'll give me their reason. I'll be like, hmm, maybe he can't. That means I probably can't either. And I'm like, no, 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 don't say that shit. Don't say that shit. Don't say that shit. And, I, and like, I don't know what I'm talking about, right? I don't know how to handle what's going on. Because right now, I would, I would, now I know how to handle it. I would rebuke that type yeah. of shit. But, but back then, I'm like, I'm questioning things like, maybe you can. Then I'm also talking to people like, bro, I think you can. Just try it differently. Like, come up with a, a better mindset at 12. Now, that was what I was doing. Now, at 19, someone believed in me, Tony, and suggested that I open up a business. So I opened up a cell phone store. And within 18 months, within 18 months from opening up that cell phone store, I made my first million dollars. And, that's, and during that interim, I was leading people. So I, I had an organization. We had, I, I grew that business to four locations. I had 14 people working for me at one time. And I had 30 people, like 35 people in that year and a half come through, coming in and out of my business working for me. Yeah. And throughout the whole entire time, I'm teaching them, I'm leading, I'm conversing. And that's where I started getting this presentation skill set. And I started really re understanding that everyone was at a different level because I'm teaching this one person who has uh, 15 years of work workforce experience. And I'm teaching them how to use the POS machine, which is the POS means point of sale, the, the, the computer. And then I'm teaching someone who just got out of high school or is currently in high school and they can only work, you know, after 12, after uh, 2 p.m. At, at the mall. So yeah. I'm teaching these different levels and I'm understanding, like, I have to talk to people differently. So once I got to, to be able to understand the, how, to, how to break it down in the, in the, in the, in the dumbest, not dumb, in the most lame terms. Just simplify things. Yeah, yeah. The, simple, the simplest terms, I got to understand how to present in front of people and then get it, get it across. So you can see that I'm, I'm talking about some complex things here, Tony. Some, yeah. some different ways of thinking, some spiritual ways of thinking. And I'm making it so simple that people are, that are listening to your show are like, hmm, 
hmm, that's an interesting way to think. Yeah, that's good, man. It, it, I had a little dose of that too. It, it came from my mother. My dad was definitely the, the physical the disciplinarian, you know, show up on time, be respectful, that kind of thing. And, you know, military gunnery sergeant, in the U S Marines. And then my mom, Japanese immigrant, she was always the one that, you know, she Japanese. came here as the, yeah, half Japanese. And she came here as like the dreamer, you know, she's like, you know, the United States is the best country and you can do anything you want. Like, you know, don't make any excuses because there's a lot of things in her, her past, you know, being a Japanese woman from that era that they didn't get the education opportunities. You know, they basically took you out of junior high and basically made you work on the farms. So she valued education. So she was the education disciplinarian, but always remember being a kid, my mom telling me, you could be the president of the United States. You could be a, a spaceship, you know, astronaut. You could be whatever. You know, she's always had these big dreams of just whatever you could do. Right. And, and I'm just thinking that that's just mom talk. You know, I think most moms, that's just mom talk, but yeah, I never really believed any of that stuff. I just knew that it was possible. So I think that, that definitely benefited from having a mom with a big dreamer like that. But the other th also thing is we didn't grow up with any money. My mom worked in the public school system, cafeteria lady. And, but we worked, we lived in a town with a good school system just on that reason to get the education for me and my sister. So we lived in one of the worst neighborhoods in the entire city but the thing is, Andy, is I was able to see the proximity. There was some affluent neighborhoods nearby that I could get on my bicycle and go ride around on. So I, I, saw, I saw things that existed. You know, it wasn't just on TV. I wasn't just like watching Miami Vice and looking at mansions on TV. There was mansions within miles of where I lived. So I knew that they existed. Mm. So that kind of made it a little bit more reality that it was potential there. But instead of me going, man, I'll never be able to afford that. I can never do that. I always thought of like, how can I do that? What, what do those people do? that made them be able to afford that kind of lifestyle. And I started always just asking a lot of questions and was really curious. I'm going to guess that you were very curious yourself. Yeah, man, it comes down to the questions and the, and, and the question that you ask yourself, because the question that you ask yourself, you will, and you will find the answer. Your brain is so smart. You will find the answer. You know, I, I have, I have, um, and I, and I can tell where someone's at just by the questions they, they ask. Totally they dude. Talk, right? Totally, man. I'm talking to a potential client, right? So, so in my organization, we're, we're sales driven and I'm in the point of growing the business. So I still talk to clients every single day after in 24 minutes, I have a client call and I'm on this call with a potential client and to work with me, it's upwards of $10,000, $11,000 to $25,000 on, on the individual level mm -hmm. yeah. is much higher. And once I shared the, the investment opportunity, the first thing that the person said was, I, I can't afford that. And I said, you know what? You are right. Because someone else says, hmm, Andy, that's very interesting. I do want to work with you. I got to figure out how to make it happen, though, because I'm not um, in a financial place. So you got two types of people that I'm talking to. One says, I can't afford it. Other person says, Andy, I got to figure out how to work with you, man, and, 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 make, and make it work. And you can, only, you can only serve the one. You can only serve the one because the other one has already got it in their mind that they can't make that. And I like that you called it an investment opportunity because that's a, that's a key word that really plants an anchor in the right person's head because here it is, dude. Like you talked about, you know, going to college and things like that. Most people are willing to go write a check for fifty dollars to $100,000 to get a four-year education learning from middle managers who have never touched success in their lives. And that's okay. That's socially acceptable and that's considered an investment, but there's so many people that don't understand investing in a coach or hiring a company to help them get to the next level. They think that is a cost, man. 
we're, we're definitely in a transition right now. Uh, I can definitely experience this, this transition because, because there's, there's, the, there's, the point of, there's the point where it was so common that when we took, when the United States took this concept of the, uh, the, the manufacturing of employees from Europe way mm-hmm. back before you and I were born, that they took this concept and they, and they brought it here to mass produce employees, we're definitely past that now and we're in the transition where people are getting the concept now of like, hey, I don't have to be an employee or I don't have to, to, to stick to certain rules and guidelines. And it's because of these type of podcasts and these type of shows and people like you and I that get up on platforms and we share our message of, hey, you can grow. And now, so when you talk about college versus like investment opportunities to work with a coach and or to just grow your business or to grow your concept, my theory is in the future, everyone's going to be an entrepreneur. And this is, this is the first time I'm actually saying that publicly, where I believe everyone, like in my organization, I'll just have a bunch of entrepreneurs working for me. <laughs> That's what it'll be, a bunch of, so I'll be the leader and then I'm their client. That's how it's going to be. So right. I'm going to have an assistant who, my assistant runs her company and her comp- and she's the boss of her company, but she may be a solopreneur, but she's the boss of her company. She has that feeling of authority over her time and so on and so forth. And we're, we are just going to be focused on results. Uh, it's a result-driven economy, not a time economy where it's measured by time. You know, I, I teach people about the five different currencies. Currency number one, I'll share that with you, is, is uh, knowledge. You have knowledge relationships, you have money, and you have barter. That's four currencies, knowledge, uh, and knowledge, money, relationships, and barter. But the last one, which I'm going to touch on here, is energy. When I worked for Wendy's, Wendy's didn't pay me for my time. They didn't, they didn't look at me and said, oh, my gosh, you're Andy all day. You know what? Because, you know what? You have 700,800, you have 700,800 hours in your lifespan. If you do the math, 24 hour, uh, 20, uh, 365 days a year, you live for 80, 80, 80 years, that comes out to be 29,200 days. 29,200 days multiply that by 24, that's 700,800 hours. Mm-hmm. Out of the 700,800 hours, Andy, I think you're so valuable, I'm going to pay you $7.40 per hour of your life. I, because you're 16, I find you that valuable. They didn't give a fuck about my time. What they did was they cared about my energy, the energy that I can produce. Yeah. So the currency that I paid Wendy's in was energy, and they paid me back in, in cash. That was a currency mm-hmm. exchange that we did. Right. So they, they paid me to flip the burger. You got to take your energy, and you got to ask yourself, you got to ask yourself, what are you going to use it for the future? I believe in the future, we're going to take, everyone's going to use the energy and say, I'm producing it for me, not for that person. And the mindset's going to be, I got to be an entrepreneur to do that. Dude, that's a, that's a great perspective. And I actually do see that. I think, so I'm Gen X. So I think once all the baby boomers are left the corporate world and the, there's going to be a lot of regime change because we, on the, we were always on the verge of the internet. You know, I, we started getting on the internet in the late 90s. And we started to see how we can make money without time. So prior to that, I was always the go get three jobs and just keep trading hours for dollars. That's the employee mindset that we're always raised with. If you want more money, pick up extra shifts, get an extra job, work part time, do, do whatever you can to go make extra money, right? So internet comes along and I start making money while I'm sleeping, while I'm on vacation. I was like, what is this? Like, this is like, this is like so 
it was really hard for me to understand that. It was like this disconnect, like time is not equal to money. What is, I've heard this in my entire life. Time is money. Money is time. Like if you're out there and you're saying that, you're full of shit. Like shut up. Like quit saying that because it's not true. That is the employee mindset that's going to limit most people because they think that they got to go trade their hours for dollars. It's not true nowadays. We can get paid. You and I are probably getting paid just having this conversation right now and we're not having to show up somewhere where there's a nine to five posted on the front door. Oh, I got paid doing this, doing, doing this podcast. So here's what's going to happen. Tony, here's what's going to happen, brother. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to post this podcast. I'm, I'm recording it too, so I'm going to mm -hmm. post this podcast. Now somebody, so we, we, we'll send an advertisement out. They're going to be like, oh, I'm interested in what Tony has to say. I'm interested in what Andy has to say. They, they go both on both of our Instagrams. They follow us, right? Mm -hmm. it, I, I don't know if you use this, person, this, this podcast personally, but they might go to 365 Driven. Yeah. And for the 365 driven, they follow you. Then you, then in a couple of weeks, you post something. You and I do a joint venture together, and then, and then, and then uh, uh, there's a there's Pete, there's somebody right now in Houston that's that's listening to this. We do you and I do a joint venture together, and then they say, "Oh my gosh, it's an opportunity to see Andy and Tony." I'm going. I'm going to be part of that. How what's the investment? Well, the value is so damn high. It's a thousand dollars just to get in. Damn, a thousand dollars? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not too sure if I should. They go back and they listen to this. They, I'll they, figure they, it out. I'll they, figure they, it out. They, they, they heard what we talked about earlier. Yeah. You know what? I gotta figure it out. They go figure it out. They get the thousand dollars. They they do the thousand dollars. You and I in that in that joint venture that we did, we split the funds. Boom! I just made five hundred dollars because of this podcast. But then a bunch of people did it. So they went from 500 to 5000 mm -hmm. But my grew my platform. You grew your platform. Our joint venture got bigger. It went from 5000 to $550,000. Oh, my God, bro. This podcast paid me $50,000, dog. Dude, people don't think that way, and that's, that's awesome that you're in that mindset because it's so true. I always think about LTV of customers, too, because when people get on your trail and they're following you, they're buying your products, they want to work with you, they're telling their friends that the LTV value, lifetime value for those people that don't know what that acronym means, it's like, you know, for working with coaching, things like that, I'll be making $50,000 for each person that works with me as a one-on-one. -on -one. If they just heard this one episode, maybe three years from now, it paid for itself. You know what I mean? Like people don't think, they always want that instant gratification, don't they? They don't think about long-term. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I tell people, man, I tell people, you got to write a book, for example. I wrote this book in 2017. I wrote this book, right? Mm -hmm. And a couple of, what is it? Maybe what what time is it right now? So so about twelve hours ago, twelve hours ago, I get a I get a, a message, and and the person it was someone from my team who reached out to this person. She did not know who I was. I had her name in a list. She did not know who I was. I never I didn't know who she was. I had but I had her name in a list um, from a campaign that we did. Now in that in that list, she gets a message from my team to get on a call with me. So what that woman does is she goes, she said, I'm going to talk to Andy before. I, now, I'm actually booked a couple weeks in advance. So right yeah. now, I'm booked almost near January. So during that time, she buys my book on Amazon. She opens it up, understands my thought processes from when I was 22. I get on a call with her. I present an, op an investment opportunity to work with me. She invests with me. Was it worth it for me to write the book? Of course. Absolutely. And I got paid. That was just one deal out of hundreds if not thousands of deals that I've done. Now I share that with you in your audience, not to impress you guys, not to, not to uh, gloat or, or talk about my finances or talk about my business. I'm talking about the concept of money. There's a difference in understanding. When I was, when I was 15, 16, 
I understood money as the time that you were talking about, Tony. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I got to go work at Wendy's and spend hours and so on and so forth. No, now money has completely changed where you got to give value over, over the dollar give constant forms of value. And now you'll recognize that the more value that you give that's being able to spun without you having to use up your energy, my gosh, you're going to become wealthy. So when I do this podcast, I'm giving tons of value that can be played over and over and over and over. And I could die and I could still in that getting played over and over tons of value to different people. But I'm only talking to one person right now. I'm only talking to one person. I'm talking to Tony and the listener. And it's only one listener at a time. Yeah. Dude, that, that's, that's a perspective that I wish more people have. It's a great one to hear because most people just want to be traded, you know, basically want to have a transactional thing. They're like, oh, I'm going to be on, I got one hour. This is what it's worth. They just have this transactional mindset around money and making money and they don't create that value. The thing about a book, I wrote that book, Mind, Mind Side Hustle Millionaire, Came out in May of 2018, sold over 5,000 copies the first year. But the thing is, it's just like you, Andy. When people find you or they meet you at a, at a speaking event or they hear you on a podcast, they already feel like they know you because they've already read your book. They've already gained some familiarity. They already can hear your voice, especially for on shows. People that I've never met before will come up and they and they legit know who I am, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that. It was a little bit odd at first, I'll admit, like – people coming up and like wanting their photo with you and knowing who you are and knowing how you think and you don't know who they are. Cause I'm, I'm somewhat of an introvert, even though I can get on stage and like light it up. I like to charge up and do solitude and just focus on things and be quiet. And I'm okay with that. But it's, I'll tell you when they come up and they know you and they tell you that they, you've changed their life and you've impacted them or you made their business more successful and you never had a conversation with them before. Dude, that is an impactful thing, man. 100%. One and, and, and you know, I train speakers to share their message, to write their book. I train, I teach people how to do that. I have, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 authors under me right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I, sh- look, when you have a message to, for the world, you have to share that message. And there's a group of people that's going to consume your message. I don't think that it has to just be consumers and producers and the producers at the top. See, the reason you and I are, are even on this podcast, Tony, uh, and, and speaking is because we're both producers mm-hmm. and you see on Instagram where the people that are constantly liking your stuff and you go to that page and there's zero posts and yeah. picture of their dog as the avatar. And like it's, they're hiding behind this, this avatar constraint consumer, little adding little to no value. The only value that they're adding is maybe puffing you up a little bit, puffing me yeah. up a little bit. But besides that, no value into the space. I'm doing a, uh, a personal development study right now. And in the personal development study, we talk about uh, valuable final, the valuable final product or final valuable product, which is an, an exchangeable product. It could be your knowledge. It could be your energy. It could be your, your, your barter of a service or a product, the exchange of a service or a product. It could be your relationship. What value are you adding to the world? And I ask that to the person that's listening. What value are you adding to the world? I promise you, I promise you, it is not the 16 minutes that you're getting paid $15.22 at your fucking job. Dude, let's, let's, let's give somebody some tactics here because you got two people here with experience stepping out and showing that value and being a creator. There's a lot of people out there that have that hesitation because they're so worried about things. So what, what do you tell someone that has that story that is afraid to putting themselves out there to share it? 
I want you to, to, to listen to this very carefully. Close your eyes and think about the time that you're laying down on your deathbed. And you're 68, you're 95, you're, 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 you're 92, whatever age that you're laying on your deathbed, you physically are nearly incapable of moving. Think about what, your, what, what the whole journey was from the age that you were, eight years old, all the way to that point. The decision that you're making today to live underneath your potential, is it worth it? The vision that you have, the idea that you have, I'm going to do it tomorrow, you and I both know that you would have done, that's what you said yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. So what's going to be different tomorrow? No, you're not going to do something different tomorrow. Think about the time that you're laying on that bed. Is it worth it for you to go in this direction? Because you know every single day, every single day that you don't go after your purpose, that you don't go after your dream, you're not only affecting your fucking life, you're affecting people that depend on you. Had my grandfather been scared and not come from Haiti, I would not be here in front of you impacting millions of people in my lifetime. There are people that are depending on you. Act now or forever hold your dreams. Dude, that's powerful because there's so many people that, here's the thing, we'll never regret the things we tried and failed. We never will. It was, an, it was a lesson, we learned something, we cut the black eye, it healed. No permanent damage done. You lose money, big fucking deal. We can go make more money. But you will always regret the things that you didn't do. I mean, even at your age, you'll probably look back at maybe some girl you didn't ask out that you knew you wanted to, or maybe there was an opportunity you passed up and you just didn't do it. So 47, I'll tell you, the only things I regret are the things I didn't try. That's, that's so true, man. That's so, that's, you know, there's, there's actually an experience that I had about me, like overcoming, overcoming fear and learning, learning about fear and stuff like that. So in 2000, when I moved to Cali, I'm living in this, well, I, I still live in, uh, in a luxury apartment, but I was living in this, uh, this, this, um, this nice apartment, right? And I go, I, I enter my apartment and I go into my suite and there's, a feeling over my body as I go to the mailbox. Now, I don't know why I want to go to the mailbox, but I just go to the mailbox. And I get down to, and, and literally, this feeling is like, yo, there's something down there for you. And it's not mm. mail. It's, I'm not even talking about mail. So I go down to the mailbox, and I go to pick up my mail, and I see these two, these two girls over there, man. Like, I'm talking about these two honeys, Tony. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm talking about honey jam, all of the above, you feel me? Mm. And as I'm going to the mailbox and I take the left into the, the mail corridor and I, look, and I look to my right and I see the girls, and I'm like, man, I want to go talk to them, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I don't know what I'm nervous for, if it's rejection or whatever. I'm nervous. So I go to the mailbox and at the mailbox, I say to myself, if I leave here and I look up and they are still here, go talk to them. Like, like compared to death, bro, because like, you go talk yeah. to them right now. Like I, you know, I'm con co constantly comparing, compa comparing my next step to death. So yeah. I compare it to death, bro. Go talk to them. So I compare it to death and I, I'm like, oh, well, death is actually worse than whatever I'm going to experience here. So, okay. And I know I'm going to die. So, you know what? Just go talk to them. Yeah. So, so, so I walk up to talk to them, right? Next thing you know, they're like, oh my gosh, man, you're so cool. And I'm like, oh, you're, you guys are cool. It's 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. They, we, she says to me, why don't we go upstairs to the, to the, to the, um, to the pool? 
to the to the to the rooftop pool. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go drop my mail off of my my apartment. Let me get your number. So I get I get her number, and she's like, oh, I'm a twin, by the way. I'm like, okay. So bring a twin. So these two these two honeys, they're friends, and then one of the twins. So I go up, I go up to my my suite. I put it in, and you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, man. I go up to the to, to the rooftop. They're they're waiting for me. Like, oh, what's up, Andy? So we start talking. They be, we end up becoming good friends. But here's what I learned in that situation: nothing else happened after that. Mm-hmm. The stuff that I made up in my mind was fake. That they were gonna reject me. They're not gonna talk to me. They're not, you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I end up learning so much about this was when I was new to LA. I end up learning so much about Los Angeles as far as the culture here, who to befriend, who not to befriend, the type of the drug culture here, who to stay away from. I learned mm-hmm. so much from that one conversation that it probably protected me from going down the wrong rabbit hole. Yeah. However, I share that with you because I made up some stuff. I made up some stuff in my brain talking about, oh, they're going to reject me, don't talk to them, so on and so forth. You're missing out on opportunities in your lifetime because of false reality, false evidence appearing real. It's not real. That's fake. Fear is fake. False evidence appearing real. It's mm-hmm. fake. It's, it's not true. So you need to take action with the mindset that regardless of what you're going to, what, regardless of what you're experiencing, it's not worth in death. And if it is worse than death, then you're probably get already dead. So you, congratulations, you experienced death. Now, if it's not worse than death, going to talk to a girl, going after your goals, going after your dreams, starting up that business, going after that woman, going after whatever, buying that car, you know, starting that business, going to the next level in your business. If it's not worse than death, then take action so that way you don't have that regret. And you get to see what God has for you that gave you that that feeling in the first place of going to, to experience that. See, God has something for me where God was showing me something, showing me a lesson that fear is fake, number one, and also what I was learning from them that could have took me down the wrong rabbit hole and not had me be here in front of you today. But I stopped. I, I, I stopped and I said, look, I have this feeling, this innate feeling to do this. So if you're listening to this on your, on your home, on your drive home, you, you're working now, you listen to this, and you're thinking about, you've been thinking about your vision, you've been thinking about your growth, you've been thinking about your next level, understand it's a necessity. And the funniest thing that I'm looking at right now is a Zoom meeting ID. It says 365, 2019. 365 days, you have two, uh, it's year 2019. We're nearing the end of 2019. We're going into a new year, we're going into a new decade. This right here is the best opportunity for you to take advantage of your life right here. The best time, the, the truest best time was when you first thought about it, but that's yeah. in the past. Now is your only time. 365, 2019, brother. This is going to go down in history for 365 Driven, I hope. Oh, 365 Driven. Oh, no, that's Dude. Wait, there wait you is, go, this your, is this your meeting ID? Yeah, man. This is like, oh, this is like your? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? It's it's it all it all that makes sense, you know. And there's a reason I use that name, the 365 Driven, Daily Driven, you know. And dude, I love that because you talked about the just overcoming fear. You know, Mel Robbins has a good book, The Five Second Rule, helps people snap out of those things and the the negative self talk that keeps us from doing things. I started using things like that years ago, and now nowadays I don't pass up on opportunities. If I see someone that I want to meet, I just go introduce myself because we always think about being rejected. 
I mean, I was speaking at an event and Damon John was on the stage and, you know, he was, he was after me and I just sat near the front. So when he came off the stage, I just got up my off, got off my ass and went over and introduced myself and, you know, had a little conversation with me. Good dude, but nobody in the room, there was like over a thousand people in this room and I was the only one that got up to go talk to the dude when he's walking off the stage. Why, why do you think that was, man? Why do you think you were the only one that like, that, that decided to go talk to him? I already had it in my intention that I was going to that event to meet Damon John. You know, when I, when they said, Hey, we want you to come be a speaker. You know, this is the guy that's keynote. And it's like, dude, this is, this is going to be an opportunity for me to meet him. So the other speakers, they just hid. They, they didn't get up from the table. They didn't do anything. It's like, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. You know, <laughs> oh, man. so that's the kind of thing it is, man. You just got to make yourself do it. But you know, that was an awesome message, but I wanted to get your perspective on something. Cause I know that, Anytime we put ourselves out there and we stand in the spotlight, a lot of people have this reservation about hiding from critics and haters and things like that. And I know someone at your level that's been out there putting yourselves out there, you've definitely had some critics and haters. We all do, but I think that's a good indicator that you're doing something worth noticing. But I want you to share your perspective with the listeners on how to handle people that disagree with you or criticize you. I, the fact that you just said that, it makes me think that the, the subconscious experience because because the, the biggest question that I asked myself is why and what. But so why I believe that, that you know, people hate and, and criticize. The subconscious experience is that if I'm not at operating at one's level. Now, I don't feel to myself to be like really different than, than, than most. Like I'm, I used to when I started speaking, I saw myself superior for a bit. I felt mm-hmm. superior because I'm now on stage and so on. But now I realize that I have a role and everyone has a role. It's like, it's like being in a marriage. You, the husband has a role. The wife has a role. Not one is superior. You just have a role. You got to do your yeah. role to make the, everything work. Yeah. So I realize now I, I just have a role. But like the subconscious experience essentially is that if someone recognizes you to be higher than them, that if they get to share a flaw and, they, and, and you make a change based off that uh, sharing of that flaw, they subconsciously feel that they added value because everyone does something out of love. They subconsciously feel that they added value to your growth. And if you're doing things so great, so well, that they look at it from the negative perspective or the flaw perspective and, and you make a change because of their discovery of your flaw, then they're saying, hey, I supported him in getting to where he's at. I feel like I'm a part of his journey, so I'm going to attach myself to his success. So I, I uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? There's a word for it. Uh, vicariously. I vicariously am now successful. That's what being average is. Average in my book is defined as living vicariously through one uh, another. So that's, you're essentially calling, doing what average people do. Mm-hmm. Just to the point where I'm attaching myself to John and saying and saying that, hey, okay, John, you fucked up here. I'm gonna tell you to make a change, and you're looking at me stupidly. But I'm subconsciously saying, like, if you make a change, I'm hoping to to attach myself to your success, like drag me along. But what that does for John is that he's like, yo, I can't bear all this weight. That negative bullshit is retarded. Um, and, and no offense to anyone who has yep. mental, challenge, mental challenges. No. I mean, now I am, and now I got to be careful of the words that I use because I'm I'm using a platform like yours now. So there's no offense to anyone who has um, any disability. I actually just received an email about me sponsoring 
so on, a group, a nonprofit for a nonprofit for disability using my seminars. I'm, I'm, I'm so behind them. However, I want to share that with you that yesterday I got a call, right? One of, one of my calls, and, and I'm going to give you a tool set or a mindset right now for your audience. Okay. One of my calls, my first call in the morning was with a client, was, 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 was with a potential client. I talked to the dude and the dude, the dude says, hey man, before we get started on our call, I just want to let you know that your, your assistant, I barely can understand her. I almost hung up the call on her. Oh, now, look, my set, set the tone negative right there, right? Already, already. Yeah. Now, here's what could have happened. Here's what could have happened. I could have mm -hmm. took that and said, "Are you fucking serious?" Oh my gosh! Like, like, oh, okay, I'll change. I'll, I'll change. Like, as if something's wrong with me. Right. My assistant doesn't live in the United States. My assistant right. lives in Argentina and has an mm -hmm. accent. And when she started working for me, you can bear. I could barely understand my assistant, right? But let me tell you something with me. It's about progression. It's not about perfection. It's about progression. Mm. Today, her English is so amazing. Her work ethic is so amazing that whenever I slip, she picks me right back up. I give her a plastic bag. She turns it into a water bottle. Like she is amazing and on point and she has my whole business organized to a T. I mm. give her a scrambled, a scrambled list of people. She turns it into an Excel spreadsheet, color coded, columns on point, boom, on point. And, <laughs> and, and, but, but somebody could come to me and say, I didn't understand your assistant. I almost hung up the phone, the phone. And I said, hey, but she got the appointment though. And, and, I, and he's like, yeah, but I almost hung up the phone. Like, like, I was so close to pressing the end call button. I said, but you didn't. Yeah. And not only did you not, I see on my, my CRM system, my computer here, that you feel that she asked you a bunch of questions and you answered each question in detail. So I'm actually going to congratulate her, man. Thank you so much for bringing <laughs> my attention. Yeah. And I'm like, but he's like, yeah, all right, let's get on with the fucking call. Yeah. And, and, and he's trying to give me that, that, that yeah. negative vibe, but my mindset is on changing the perspective to what's positive about the situation. Mm. So in any situation, you got to look at what's positive. I was driving down the street my, a couple of years ago. I mean, I was driving on the, on the highway to go meet with somebody. He's a successful dude, and my house is 20 minutes behind me. The, 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 lo the destination is an hour in front of me. My car breaks down. I'm on the side of the road. I got to put anti-freeze. Anti Every 15 minutes, my car breaks down on the side of the road. I got to keep putting anti-freeze. I got two options. Put anti-freeze, drive back home. I'll make it home safely and call and cancel the appointment of the successful person that just happened to put me on the calendar, just made it work today, or keep trucking along. So I, you know what I did? I kept trucking along. And my perspective during that time was, this is going to be one hell of a story on stage to talk about determination. Hell I'm yeah. People with this situation. And today, guess what I'm doing? I'm teaching people with that situation. Hey, look at the perspective in a positive, change your perspective to be positive. You'll change your life. Dude, that's powerful. If people want to find you and what you're doing in this world, what's the best way for them to find you? Go to progressionticket.com. When you, the, the, that's where you're going to get to see me in person live. It's a whole different experience. If you like this podcast, I hope you do. Yeah. I hope you do. 365 Driven is no fucking joke. Tony is no joke. He's bringing the fire, the heat. I see his stuff on social media. He's bringing the fire to the heat, and I know Tony is not easy, so I acknowledge you. Well, go to progressionticket.com. Get to come to the conference 
or just hey, just come and see see me on social media at, at Andy Audate A U D A T E Andy A U D A T E Andy Audate. But just go to progressionticket.com and that's the first place to start. Awesome, Andy. Well, man, I enjoyed having you on the show and I know you impacted some listener out there and it's going to make a change in their life, no doubt. And I can't wait to, to collab with you a little bit more, man, and get to know you some better. And maybe there'll be a 2020 mission for us. Dude, we got to do something for 2020, especially if you're yeah. in Houston, man. Awesome, dude. Well, have a good day, man. Thank you so much, Tony, for the opportunity.